San Jose Hockey. My name is C. Morley. I'm the managing editor of SB Nation's Fear the Fin. Uh, I'm still laughing at the phrase crisped rice. <laughs> I don't understand why you think it's so funny. Like, I just don't get it. I so I get, get that. It. I can't think. I can't that. I get that food products like a hundred grand bar, which we don't have in Canada. Um, can't say Rice Krispies in it. I get it. But just the words put together called crisped rice. It's really funny to me. I don't know. I'm not even high or anything. Just regular, <laughs> regular me laughing at crisp rice. It's like imagine rocking into a, rest- a restaurant buffet. Like, hmm, yeah, it's gonna have a your finest bowl of crisp rice, please. Well, like no one just eats crisped rice. It's really hard to say crisped. I, my mouth doesn't want to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It goes in candy. It's good. Like crunch bars are dope. Ah, uh, they're okay. Anyway, we should, talk about, we, should, we, should, we should talk about candy. We spent a lot of time <laughs> on candy and didn't preview Vancouver because we're stupid. No. <laughs> we just really wanted to debate candy. Um, <laughs> maybe that's a sign. Maybe we have to talk about the, the, the games because we talked about Winnipeg and the Sharks actually played very well against Winnipeg. Would you um, say that's their best game of the season? Yeah. Oh, like, there's no competition. <laughs> They've had like two gay good games this season. <laughs> yeah, they put they put so at one point I was texting with our friend and colleague Eric Fowl, and the shots were sixty-nine to twenty-two at net. So just like shots taken, blocked, missed, hit the goalie. Sixty-nine twenty-two at one point. That's God. wild. Yeah. It, the actual it, box score stats, San Jose set or was like one shot behind their their franchise high or something like that because they took a billion (laughs) yeah there were 81 unblocked shots and attempts by the sharks compared to the jets's 35 uh and then when it comes to like just straight box score let me pull it up it was 53 (laughs) it was 53 for san jose and 19 for winnipeg Oh my god. 19. Oh. Their shots by period went 694 and the Sharks went 112814. That's that shots that just hit the goalie. Yeah, that's just shots on net. Like, oh god. Yeah, that's really bad. But like for Winnipeg. And the fact that like the Sharks still lost that game. I think I tweeted that like it would be very sharks of them to lose that game or like to go into overtime and lose it because like the Sharks can't catch a break. And I like every game that passes and every goal of the Sharks is that gets disallowed or every weird ass review that ends up with the opponents getting a goal against the Sharks. Like, dude, I am like certain now that the referees are all pissed that the Sharks got two of their guys thrown out of playoffs. <laughs> it is just a conspiracy against the sharks like all of the referees in the league are banding together and going like fuck you san jose and this uh, both games this weekend are just further evidence of that yeah the the disallowed goal in winnipeg i'm very confused about what who who is touching halibut i don't really 
get if it. And anything like Winnipeg interfered on their own fucking goaltender. I that I was like. Also, I thought I thought if a if a player like the opposing player gets pushed or interfered with and knocked into the goalie, it's still good to go because they did it to themselves. And it was just shitty right. too because you know that. Like, Blake Wheeler literally came down the ice and scored 10 seconds later, and you just know that Martin Jones is dying to give up a goal. Right. Because why would they get a save? And the Jets would have been shorthanded on that because Winnipeg challenged. So if Winnipeg would have lost that challenge, they would have been shorthanded when Wheeler scored a goal. That's Yeah, it it, was a bad chain of events. And the dumb thing, too, is that San Jose had the puck for so long. Like, I'm sure you have the possession stats up there. but yes. People can just tell from the shot totals being 53-19 on traditional stats that San Jose had the puck almost the entire time. And Martin Jones still put up a stat line of an 842 save percentage and let in three goals on 19 shots. Like, they they almost only won the game because they just kept the puck away from Martin Jones. Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, goaltending was where they lost this game. I mean, that's just... That, that that is what it is. The fact that Winnipeg took so few shots in comparison to San Jose had the puck like barely. <laughs> I mean, just barely. could not, <laughs> couldn't get possession, couldn't set up in their own own end, and yet every time that they looked at Martin Jones, they scored a goal, and that's not not good. It's not good, and like. it sucks because this was the game like this was the san jose did everything everything that we asked of them to do in this game and i don't know if it's just being at home being rested being the most rested they've probably been all season so far or like what i don't know but they did so well and like they looked like a real team there was chemistry in the lines and then Martin Jones is just like, yeah, I'm going to let in three goals on however many shots. What was it? 19. Or 18 shots. Like, <laughs> And on the on the winning goal, I'd like to break a little analysis corner, technical corner. So Thomas Hurdles, so there's three guys at fault in, like, if you want to, if this is tort law and you have the sliding scale of blame. Thomas Hurdle takes a big piece of the pie because he doesn't clear it out and he turns it over. Uh, in his own end. And then from there, he compounds his mistake by not doing the correct defensive. He kind of, you can tell when he, he knows that he's made a mistake. So he tries to overcompensate. But the second piece of blame goes to Brent Burns for not using his body to shield the puck and then also not doing anything in the corner and just allowing it to stay in their zone. But at the same time, Thomas Hurdle, instead of covering the center of the ice, he goes and covers back for Burns. So now there's two guys in the corner trying to get the puck. It worked out a little bit for Hurdle because the puck did squirt out. But that means the center of the ice is open. And for everybody tweeting at me, I understand how defensive hockey is played. Evander Kane is the wing. He's supposed to be covering the point. I got it. In a perfect world, the two wings cover the points. The center covers the middle of the ice. And the two defenders kind of take the sides into the corner and then shift to the middle like in a big piece. But to say that Evander Kane isn't at fault here is to assume that that system was in place. And it wasn't. Thomas Hurdle did the wrong thing. Yes. So that means that Evander Kane has to read the play and realize he has to make a play and be in position to cover back. He was physically touching Nikolai Ehlers. He literally, like, two-hand, like, pushed him with his stick and then just let him skate to the front of the ice. Yes, Evander Kane was covering the point, and yes, he was where he's supposed to be, but he's looking at the play, and he should have went, oh, fuck, 
Tommy or whatever dumb, stupid nickname they have in the locker room for him, Hertzy, isn't in the right <laughs> spot. So maybe I should cover up because Nikolai Ehlers, 15 feet from the net, is way more dangerous than fucking Nicholas Potato at the blue line. It's just to say that Evander Kane did nothing wrong is just dumb because he's got, you have to play smart hockey. It's the NHL. If I did that in high school or university, my coach would read me out for not reading the play and being like, you have to cover back. So yeah, Hurdle and Burns kind of fucked it up, but Evander Kane's got to do a better job of recognizing that there's a way more dangerous player on the ice than the point shot. So, so yeah, Martin Jones sucked shit and let the goal in, but the defensive kind of just fell apart around him for that one play. And that's the frustrating part is that it was one stupid play. Yeah. All they needed was one save. And then they would have taken right. up the other ice and spent the last three minutes of the game with the puck on their stick because the jets are terrible. <laughs> Rant over. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have more thoughts on the Winnipeg game, but first this episode was brought to you by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. I have just a couple other thoughts on this game that I want to hit. And the the first one is that Mario Ferraro and Tim Heath looked so fucking good in this game. And Tim Heath played 11, 11 minutes and 25 seconds. Career high? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a season high. Uh, yeah. He was not the lowest ice time. And actually. Uh, what? He wasn't? Thing, I know. One of the other things I wanted to hit on was Johnny Brzezinski looked really good until he got hurt. He played just four and a half minutes. So he when, actually had the lowest ice time. But When did he get hurt? Because I didn't realize that he got hurt. Because the goal, the play, his goal, his goal, did he score or did he pass it? Anyway, the goal that he was involved on was really nice because they, they made like an actual outlet pass from one end to the other and then made a nice little play into space. It was Goodrow that scored. But he got it at the blue line, curled it, and then chipped it ahead to Goodrow. It was very nice. And Johnny Brzezinski looked like an NHL player. Yeah, it looks like he got hurt in the third, like near the beginning of the third, because he did not take any shifts after that per natural stat trick but i i honestly couldn't identify when he got hurt i don't remember it's we're too long removed from the game for me to remember when that happened. also it wasn't like some sort of big booming right yes play. it's right. i don't know and it's the shitty thing is that he's out longer than just the game it seemed like a more yes. major ish injury which really sucked because previous whipping boy dylan gambrell is also out and he was right. good too yeah yeah yeah, so Tim Heath, though, like, that was really encouraging. I was so excited that he, like, I kept noticing that he was on the ice, and he was paired with Ferraro the whole time, and they looked good. Ferraro played 15-43, so he had a little bit more time, although I think that's going to come um, on the PK. Oh, no. He actually only played, like, 30 seconds on the PK. Um, but... He did get power play time against Vancouver, which was cool, except that they played three defensemen on the power play. Pete DeBoer, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, what? Did you not watch the Vancouver game? <laughs> I watched uh, Bart's. <laughs> I, was uh, at a birth- yes. I was at a birthday party. Yes, there was a power play in which there were three defensemen and my boy... Mario Ferraro was playing as a forward on the power play. It was bonkers. I don't Why? understand. <laughs> the power play is the one good thing. I know. What the fuck? Was what so was the bad. line? Was it Burns, Carlson, and Ferraro? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? 
And Ferraro, of all of them, was the one playing it forward. Not like, I don't know, Brent Burns, who used to be a forward. Uh, <clears throat> like, maybe. Just a thought. But who like, were the two forwards on that line? I don't even remember. Please tell me I, it was like Noah Gregor and Barkley Goodrow. No, I want to say it was Couture um, and Meyer, maybe. I don't know. I don't have it all up right in front of me. But, oh, my God. I Yeah, that was... <sighs> what are you doing Pete like (laughs) I want to not harp on coaching every single game like I really I would love to not talk about coaching do you know how much it would like please me to have one game go by that I could not talk about coaching but like holy shit Pete DeBoer what are you doing the power play was the one thing that was working (laughs) like (laughs) uh I guess we're gonna talk about Vancouver um I, I guess Winnipeg was the dead cat bounce uh, from the, like the one little like bounce up. And then because holy shit from what I saw and what I read, they were terrible. Um, yeah. They got smoked in all aspects of the game. And if, if you're going to start, if people are going to bust out the cliches, uh, like they look disinterested or they don't look like they're ready to play or wow, there's no fight in them. We have this conversation nationally about five or six times a year when a coach loses the room. I'm doing heavy air quotes. And we talk about how the players look like they've quit on the coach or the players look like they don't want to be there for this coach anymore. Why is San Jose all of a sudden impervious to this national conversation that happens every single year? Because that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like the same thing that happens every year. Like we all watch the Anaheim Ducks skate around like lifeless corpses wherever the Randy Carlisle teams. So... (laughs) I mean, you can't make the argument for these other guys. Like Dave Haxtell, terrible coach. Philly quit on him. Why does that argument work there? But in San Jose, it's like, oh, my God, clutch my pearls, not Pete DeBoer. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Anyway, let's not I, talk about the coaching. Let's talk about how shit Aaron Dell was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What was uh, that first goal? What was he doing? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, I... I feel like this season I'm willing to stick stick my neck out a little bit for Arundel because he had been good uh in like or at least mostly blameless I think in his previous outings and then I, I don't know. I I'll, t- I'll take it back. I mean like Arundel's yeah the first goal is Arundel's fault, but at the same time the whole team looked like crap so I don't think you can really say like it's not yeah. like Martin Jones the night before where the team looked awesome and there were some timely goals against. It was just like a complete right. failure by every single person on the team. And then I think Meyer got the battlefield demotion again down to the fourth line. Yeah, to the fourth line. Are you shitting me? Guess guess who stayed on the top line? Oh, that's of right. Patrick, did. Patrick, I feel like his middle name is really weird. Hold on. I was just looking this up. It's something weird like Devlin or something. Uh, I know. Oh, no, it's Joe, Dennis. Is it <laughs> Patrick like, Dennis Marlowe. Isn't Joe Thornton's middle name like Eric or something weird too? Like, I hope, yeah, it is. It's Joseph Eric Thornton. Yeah, isn't that weird? Uh, I don't know. Imagine That's he not... was Eric Joseph Thornton. Stop it. We call him ET, the big alien. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the. I think I tweeted it. The tweet that, like, in an alternate universe, Joe Pavelski goes by JJ <laughs> because his middle name is. It's like Joseph, like jeremiah or something i don't remember something like that it's another j name so like there's an alternate universe where he goes by jj jj you went you went went jeremiah for some reason it's joseph james oh is that i don't know well my cousin's middle name is is uh jeremiah and he goes by jj so that's what i i 
just jump to, I guess. But anyway, um, yes. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's terrible. The idea of Joe Pavelski going by JJ is awful. I hate it. I hate it so much. Almost as much as I hate the sharks. <laughs> uh, it was just... The thing is, we can, we can sit here and talk about how good they were against Winnipeg and stuff, but it just sucks that immediately the next day, and it wasn't even like Vancouver was rested and coming in and there was an obvious disadvantage like when they played Toronto. Vancouver played a road game, then had to travel to San Jose, so they were also on a back-to-back, but also on the road. And they lost to the fucking Ducks the night before. <laughs> right. Like, there's just, uh, It sucks because you hope after the game against Winnipeg that like they found something they're able to turn it around and instead it just ends up looking like a fluke and like had they yes had they maybe won that game against the Jets and then still had their performance in Vancouver I don't know necessarily that we would look at it that way and go oh well that must have just been a fluke like I think them losing as well kind of influences how we look at it and that maybe we'd look at like, oh, well, maybe they're just tired because it is back to back or whatever. But like, there's just no excuses at this point. After the Winnipeg game, you know, you're hoping that this is a sign of things to come. And it's not like it's very clearly not. And the longer that this goes on and gets dragged out, the higher the chance of the Sharks not making playoffs, and also not having a top pick to show for it. Because guess what? The Ottawa Senators have their pick. Micah Blake McCurdy of Hockey Viz did his sadness ranking today, and that is the percentage likelihood that a team misses playoffs and also does not have a top five pick in the draft. It doesn't, doesn't pick in the top five. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But San Jose doesn't uh, have theirs. So, so <laughs> you San can see where this is going. Right now, is a massive gap. It, San Jose is at like 92% to miss playoffs and not pick in the top five. That's embarrassing. That is horrible. And the clock is like totally running out on them. That is, it is so frustrating because this season's going to be over and they are going to have literally nothing to show for it. Unless they <laughs> trade somebody to Ottawa for their pick. God. <laughs> Imagine if Ottawa gets the first and second picks in the draft. Oh my god! <laughs> and then they just totally blow it. But <laughs> no, this this draft is unblowable. There's there's That's... five. There's five. There's one super stud who's going number one, like Crosby level, McDavid level stud. And then after that, there's four next like level franchise changers. So they can't. It's impossible. I, I think mean, there's nothing is impossible, but. Yeah, I think there's one other topic that we maybe want to broach. I'm not 100% on if we want to or not, but um, so (laughs) the fans at the Winnipeg game decided to boo Eric Carlson when he was announced as a starter. And like, y'all are fucking clowns for that. Don't do that. Yeah, like that's just whatever. Boo the team if they suck when they're leaving the ice. Boo sure. everyone. Boo <laughs> yes. everyone. But that's booing everyone. Booing Eric Carlson is just fucking stupid because y'all give like Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic like a free fucking pass to do whatever. Like Eric Carlson is a two time Norris winner. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so if you want to talk, yeah, yeah. Like Brent Burns has Norris's. We get it. Norai. But like Carlson is also a no, two time Norai winner. Brent Burns no, has, has one Norris. He has a single Nori and multiple Nori noms. Yes. Um, that's what it is. Eric Carlson is too. Don't boo him. It's not his fault the team sucks. Literally zero. 
He was going to make $11.5 million on any single team he went to. That's just a fact of life. Hold Brent Burns accountable for his turnovers and his shitty defensive play. Like, Yeah, he's a minus 10 and Eric Carlson's a minus 12. So that's basically the same thing if you're into that kind of thing. Just boo them all. Like, boo all of them or boo none of them. I don't know. Like, I'm okay if you want to boo. I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan. But I'm going to tell you not to boo an individual player, especially one that just signed here um, and is very good. Just boo them all. Just boo every yeah. single person on their intro or boo them as they leave the ice. Boo your heart's content. I've booed many people in my day. It's fun. It's cathartic. Just boo them all. Don't just yeah. single out one person. Like, that's dumb. And I think it was pointed out that people booed, but I I didn't really hear it on the intros. Like, I, I wonder how, like, vocal it was. Um I missed per, the intro, so I per se. On that game, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear the intro, but it wasn't like whatever. the whole crowd. It wasn't like yeah, Trump, it was Trump, Trump like scattered. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> scattered booing, but still, uh, yeah, just don't, don't fucking do that. Like, come on, yeah, come That's on, am- guys. amateur hour bullshit. Yeah, boo, boo the them whole all team. They leave the ice because <laughs> <laughs> they did the, you did that at the the home opener. And that's chill. They fucking sucked ass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, boo the team because the team is bad. But like, come on, to boo Eric Carlson and cheer Evander Kane, like that's just backwards. Hey, he's, he is their best player right now. Also, <laughs> Evander Kane clearly, well, objectionally on the ice has been their best player. That's yeah, just a fact. Like, I don't know how to get around that. Yeah, uh, it's just it's but, just that's the way it is. Their second because best everyone player? else sucks so bad. <laughs> Yeah, he actually is on fire, but their second best player, Dylan Gambrell, question mark? Yeah, Probably. Ferraro. <laughs> Maybe. There, there's there's a world that Dylan Gambrell is the second best shark right now. That just hurts my brain. I hate this. I hate this. We're done. All right. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can follow us at Locked on Sharks. We want to say thank you to the Honey Wilders for letting us use their song Idle Wild as our intro and outro. You can find them on Facebook, Spotify, all those. Just search the Honey Wilders. If you want to follow Kyle on Twitter, you can follow him at Kyle Demetrius. If you want to follow C on Twitter, follow them at Now You See Me, S I E, just like their name. Yeah. And oh, I forgot to mention that you can email us. <laughs> you can email us at lockdownsharks at gmail.com. Send us any little thoughts that your heart desires, and maybe we'll talk about it on air. All right, Kyle, any final thoughts? Yeah. Shout out to that guy that keeps tweeting at the podcast how much he hates it, but keeps listening to every episode. <laughs> you a real one. <laughs> I'm